wind up with the scripture just in just a little while. I'm going to read it just right now because we'll get back to it. He's brought us out of darkness into glorious light. Into glorious light. Just read briefly. I'm going to go back there in a little while. But Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How, if we neglect a salvation. That salvation which brought us out of darkness into a glorious light. You know, sometimes we, we, salvation seems like it's just something we receive we tick off. But wow, it is so much more. Let's not neglect so great a salvation. Let's not forget. Sometimes we forget where we have come from. What we have been cleansed from. What we have been renewed from. What we have left behind. Do you ever, as, as a Christian who has received this salvation, ever wonder where you'd be if you hadn't? When you look around maybe at people in your world, people that you maybe grew up with and things that have taken place over the years, where, where would you be? Where would you be if, what would you be living in? Let's never forget the power of what we have been brought out of to come into. Never forget the, the power that is, the grip that was on our life that is no longer on our life because of salvation. We'll get there again in just a little while, but I just felt that was really important that we remember that. Sometimes we can get a little bit blasé about our salvation. Let's never neglect it. And I, I, I believe I'm talking a little bit again about what we were talking about last week and we're setting our mind. You know, we need to be a people who set our mind on our salvation. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you for your presence in this house. Father, we believe and we know that where you are, anything can happen. And so we love your presence. May, us, may we never neglect that desire for your presence and for you to speak to us, for us to have that intimacy with you. And we choose to be a people who set our mind on that this morning. In Jesus' name, our hearts are open, our minds receptive to, to receive the word that God has for us this morning. I want to talk again a little bit today about the power of a set mind, where we set our mind. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, 2, 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, 
Yeah, we're in that place, living in this place of salvation, in this place of, of our old be passing away and living in a place of newness of life. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What a what a powerful position that is for, to, to, for us to be in, that place of salvation where we have left our, our old life is behind us and we are now living in a new, living a new life. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ in me. Wow. Maybe you need to just say that to yourself. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Christ in me. You know, Christ in me, that's powerful. And so last week we were looking at the effect that it can have of where our mind is set. Our mind is, of course, central to our life. Our heart and our mind, you know, interact uh, the same thing, if you like, when we, when we see it in the Scripture there. It's the center of our life. It's the, it's the, it's, it's, it's the one and the same as our, our, as our mind. Um, and you get a good indication of where someone's mind is set by the actions of their life, the way they live, and what comes out of their mouth. Because as a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so he is. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. So what's in our heart? What's it, you know, what, is, what is in our thinking? What is going on in around in our, like on our subconscious? That is what comes out of our mouth. You, you hear something come out of somebody's mouth, and it may be surprised. You, you, you ever say, where did, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, well, it came from in here. That's, that's where it came from somewhere at some time. You know, sometimes, you know, I love it when great wisdom comes out of somebody's mouth. And, and when wisdom comes out of somebody's mouth, and I thank God we've got people in this house who've got great wisdom. And, 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 you, and how do I know that? Because they, they speak it. Uh, and when they speak it, you know, where it didn't just come from something they just read yesterday. Came from, from deep within because there's wisdom. And, and sometimes you hear somebody say something, you think, man, alive, how... How stupid is that? And, and where did that come from? It came from within. At some point in life and time, they've, they, they've, they've allowed that a, a stupidity or wisdom to come in, and, and we haven't filtered it through who we are in Christ. When we filter things who we, through in our, that we receive through who we are in Christ... And what he did for us on the cross and where we've come from to where we are now, everything changes. Everything changes. I love it when you meet people who you haven't seen for a long time and, and, they, and, and when they say things about you and they, well, I didn't recognize you because of you're, you're different. And when that difference is good, that's good. <laughs> it's when you meet somebody when the difference is not so good, you think, what's going on in their life? For that to be there to come out. So out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's, it, you know, where our mind is set is so powerful. You know, whether, whether you like it or not, your mind is set. It may be set by default, but it's set. So I used to read this verse in you know, set your mind on things above. We're just the sort of thought of, of having good thoughts or thinking higher, whatever they are. 
you know, set your mind on higher things. Set your mind on, 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 on greater things. Just think towards it. But I, 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 I believe there's so much more than that. You know, we, we have to physically, purposefully, if you like, set our mind. Because if we don't set it purposefully, it'll be set by default. So now, so now I read that scripture. It's, it's now I read it as, as, as positioning my mind where I am positioned in Christ. And living by faith from that place. So it's almost hard to, to, to live your life where you are positioned in Christ. But the Bible says it pleases God for us to live by faith. And so we, we need to be living out who we are in Christ by faith. It's not always easy, it's challenging, but, uh, and it seems... It seems to stretch us, but we need to be living by faith. And in living by faith, seeing, seeing the supernatural take place, seeing miraculous things take place in our lives, see, seeing things happen that, are, that can only, we can only put them down to God. So now I read that scripture from position in my mind where I am positioned in Christ and living by faith from that place. And so... So, so my mind or my thought life flows from where my mind is set. Do you hear what I'm saying? My thought life is flowing and your thought life is flowing from where your mind is set. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ. Isn't that powerful? Just that. We could spend all day just on that one sentence. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that is that's telling me where I am now positioned. Paul didn't say, I've been crucified with Christ when I feel like it. See, sometimes our thought life will go, our, our, the actions that come from our thought, because our thought life and where our mind is set is a little bit mixed up sometimes. You know, what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our actions, you know, we, we, we can, be, can be quite fluctuating. How many of you have two lives? <laughs> you know, you have a life for one, one group of friends and another life for another group of friends. Come on, there's sometimes, there's some things we don't talk about in some circles We'll talk about them in other circles. We have, we have, we have sort of two. We have two sort of groups of. We have a, a, a based on sort of what we feel like and the circumstances in life around us. Paul didn't say I've been crucified with Christ when I feel like. He says I have and I will. Because I have been crucified, for I have been crucified with Christ. So it is no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So to paraphrase that, he's saying, I have and I will. Because I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, there's a different way in which I'm going to live my life. And it's not going to just be this, be on a Sunday in church. It's going to be every day of the week. It's not just going to be with my Christian friends, but it's going to be with every, every other friend who I've got, who I can be salt and light to and live the Christ in me to influence their lives, for them to come see what's going on in my life and where my life is set, and maybe they too will find Jesus Christ. 
Hello? But if I'm only living out, my, living out who I am in Christ when I feel like it, and when it's convenient for me, when it's not going to be offensive, we're going to have little influence on those around us. You already said this morning, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Well, that's not just for you. It is for you, but it's not just for you. It's the hope of glory, not for you, but the hope of glory for people around you. Have you got people in your world who need something of the hope of glory in their life? Because in some of the ways they're living their lives, they're pretty hopeless. So he says, I have and I will. So my mind is set from my position in Christ, from my position, not towards my position. So I've been raised up with him and I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm in that position. So I don't live towards it, I live from it. You know, you, you know, when you open your mouth, when you pray, when you get into that place of, you know, this intimacy, you know, which you should be, we should be continually, but, you know, we are in a place of victory. Hello. We're in a place of authority. We're above and we're not beneath. Amen. Because I have been raised up with him and I am seated with him to you too. I've been seated with him in heavenly places. So my position in Christ isn't something I'm hoping for. I'm there. It's where I am. And so it's where we set our mind will determine the outcome of your life. So where, we, where we're setting our mind, if it determines the outcome of our life, I need to set my mind on who I am in Christ. It can, be, it can, it can you know, set the outcome of your day. Your, your day can, can very much be, well, the, the, the outworking of your day can be very much determined by where you set your mind when you got up. Some of that is just by fulfilling your calendar. Why, why, do you, why did you meet this person that time and that person this time? Why did you go here and why did you go there? Because they were in your calendar, you set them in your mind. So if you didn't set your mind this morning to come to church, maybe somebody would called you and given you a better offer and we needn't have saved your seat. But if you set your mind on something, you don't have to say, well, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Where our mind is set will determine how we think. Do you know there's a real enemy who wants to control your mind and your thoughts? So you end up living your life subject to his plans for your life and not living out the incredible purpose that God has for you. His plans aren't good for your life. He has a purpose for you. We know that from John chapter 10 and verse 10. New Living Translation says you, the thief has a purpose. It's to kill, steal, and destroy. So Jesus, I have a purpose that you may live a rich and a satisfying life or something on those lines. The thief's purpose is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So he is out to get you. That's it. He's out to get you. <laughs> but thank God for Jesus because he says, I have a purpose. It's a far greater purpose for you to really live a rich and a satisfying life.
Amen. Amen. King James says the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in all its abundance. Which one do you prefer? See, we, we, set, we, we, we have to set our, set our mind on, on, on his purpose for our life. The enemy wants you to think that you can live from your feelings and your emotions. He wants your mind set on everything except where you are in Christ, on that position. And we've got, we're in that battle. You may even see here Christians say, well, just go with your feelings. You're bombarded with thoughts, we're bombarded with feelings that don't always come from our position in Christ. So unless you have deliberately set your mind, your feelings are going to be all over the place. How many of you have ever gone with your feelings rather than who you are in Christ and it hadn't worked out well for you? <laughs> uh, probably not you, but you probably know somebody who has. One Corinthians two and verse sixteen says, "You have the mind of Christ." Whoa! You you have the mind of Christ. That mind that you have is under attack. And if the enemy can can access your mind, he will control it, and in controlling your mind, will control your life. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, <laughs> you know, you don't even need to see it on the screen, do you? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. They are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds, things that have a, a strong hold on us, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity, bringing that, what, that which is in our mind into captivity or, or, or resetting it to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when our, your obedience is fulfilled. Bringing everything into captivity, the obedience of Christ, is, the, the message says, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped in Christ. I like the way that puts that. They were fitting. I like the the the, the thought pattern of wrestling down thoughts, bringing thoughts into captivity, bringing them into the obedience of Christ, bringing them in line with Him and His Word. Where the message says, "Fitting every loose thought." How many of you have a few loose thoughts? Just you know, and emotion and impulses. Just bringing those things, those. Those crazy thoughts, those loose thoughts, those random things that come into your mind, that 
there's emotional things that, you know, to just try and grab a hold of us and impulses that you just, just, because it's there, into the structure of a life shaped in Christ. Come on, we need to be a people who recognize and develop of shaping our life in Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. But shaping our life into that, into that being so that our life is actually like, is, is Christ-shaped. And living, if you like, from a mind that is set on higher things. See, a stronghold, it speaks about there in um, 2 Corinthians, pulling down those strongholds or shattering those strongholds, a stronghold is something that has a stronghold over you. It's pretty straightforward, even though I can understand that. <laughs> a stronghold is something that has a pretty, has a strong hold on you. Amen? You know, something you can't get out of. A stronghold is someone that has a strong hold over you in your mind. And the enemy wants you to live from... See, see, the enemy wants you to live from who you used to be. He, he doesn't want you living from who you are now, from that position. He wants you living from who you used to be, so he wants your thoughts in that place. He wants you to keep you in that place. He doesn't want you to be living from a position of who you are in Christ. He doesn't want you living from a position of a child of God. Ephesians 2 and verse 11 says, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But you found Jesus. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We sung that this morning. Where we have come from, what is behind us, what is dead and gone and needs to stay that place. Amen. Not be brought up. We often heard, you have heard people talk about, don't let the devil remind you of your past. Just remind him of his future. That's a bit of a sort of cliche sort of thing, a bit of a, you know. But, but, if, but if we take it for what it is, we believe it and we live it, don't let the enemy remind you of your past. I hate it when you hear people talk about and relate to somebody and say, oh, they're the person that used to be. Or we get defined by something that we are not, or something which is a little bit crazy. Well, you're defined by something which is sometimes negative. And you understand how sometimes people may be trying to explain something, but don't allow people and don't allow yourself to be identified and defined by something that you're no longer. Amen. We're children of God, the Most High. It all starts off, it's all in the mind. We've got to think these things and set our mind on who we are, you know. See, sin is committed in, in the mind, isn't it? In the thoughts. 
When our mind is set on who we are in Christ, you know, it is a strong position because it it protects protects us from our mind being opened to that which isn't helpful. If our mind is not set on higher things, if our mind is not set on who we are in Christ, it'll open the door for sin. In the Old Testament, it was very clear on what was right, if you like, and what was wrong, in, in, in the action of it. But in, in the New Testament, Jesus says you only have to think about it. You don't have to think about it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28, it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. Okay, you shall not. Just, that's it. Of course. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart or in his, in his mind, in his thinking. See, why do we know? Because what you look at will get you thinking. That's why they put adverts on TV. Hello? (laughs) What you look at will get you thinking. See a billboard as you come to church. What you look at will get you thinking. What you see someone else doing, what you see somebody else has, will get you thinking. It gets our eyes, are such a gateway to our mind, to our, just, it's how God made us for goodness sake. And he wants us to, you know, we're made in his image. He wants us to get it in line with him so that we can be who we are called to be and not allowing the thief to come, to kill, to steal and destroy, but we're living a life of abundance. So Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old. You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's pretty strong stuff. Our eyes. So what we look at will get you thinking, and once it's in our thinking, it comes out and it comes, it turns into actions. The actions that we live out, whatever it is, some subconsciously, but with any everything we do as an action starts off as a thought. And a lot of it is milliseconds that take place in our, in our, in our, in our thinking. When you're driving down the road in your car, your passenger may have a quicker thinking than you have when it, when it tells you to stop because the car is getting a bit close in front. <laughs> but, you, but you slow down And you put your brake foot on the brake because you're thinking about it, but you don't realize that because you see something and you think. So what you look at will get you thinking. 
And so, if, so when our mind is set on who you are in him, your life will flow from that position. So decision-making is much easier. How many of you, because you know the word of God, and you know your position in him, there are some things you don't have to think too much about. You just do them that particular way. How do you know that when you know the word of God and you know and your mind is set on who you are in him, there's a lot of things you don't even need to pray about. Sometimes people ask us to pray for the situations and think, well, you know, there it's you don't need to pray about it. It's in the word of God. Maybe you need to pray you get a revelation. But when you live it from that place of where you are, your mind is set on who you are in Christ. You don't have to think about, you don't have to pray about some things, you don't have to think too long about them because you know, you know the right thing to do. It's pretty simple, isn't it? So many times you come across people and, you know, maybe I guess we used to do it ourselves a lot and maybe you still do now, but you think, you know, why do we need to pray about something which is, which is so clear in the Word of God? So when your mind is set on who you are in Him, life will flow from that position of decision-making. It's so much easier. You live a life with a lot of non-negotiables because your mind is set. So I believe living in the promises of God and living in the promises of God are yes and are amen because your mind is set. We looked last week at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 of when the children of Israel facing that great challenge of crossing over into the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness. That's a long time to be in a wilderness. They needed to get this right. How you know that you, sometimes in life you need to say, okay, I'm, we've been a long time in this, I need to get it right. Does this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I think I said last week, when you set your mind... On your position, it will determine where you meditate. So when you meditate in the word, it changes the way you think. So in turn, it changes the outcome of your life. So the more you meditate in the word of God, the more you allow the word of God to be in you. Like Jeremiah, shut up in my bones. <laughs> you know, in you. The word of God is in there. It's like, that. that's what comes out. You know, you... How many of you got you know key scriptures in your thinking that you know when challenges come in your life you just know right where to go? Come on, and if you if you haven't got those, you need to maybe get seek some out. To know right where to go, how shall I pray? Well, pray the word of God. feel like people say, oh, the enemy's coming at me, the enemy's coming at me, oh, I've got the enemy on me, the enemy's on me, the devil this and the devil that. Well, if I raise up a standard against him, <laughs> come on, raise up a standard against him. 
do something. I was talking to the men this week, if you were there, about how, you know, David in, 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 the, Old, in the Old Testament, he strengthened himself in his God. What did he, what did he do? We don't, we don't know exactly what, how, what he did to strengthen himself in his God, but he strengthened himself in his God. How could he strengthen himself in his God? Because his mind was set on God. He didn't strengthen his mind, strengthen himself in Tom, Dick, and Harry. He strengthened himself in his God. And there are so many different ways we can do that. So we, so we have a, we have scriptures, and it, it is so, it is so much, so much more powerful for us when we have challenges come at us. We go right to the Word of God, and just. Let that rest rise up in you. Like Jeremiah, the word of God will shut up in my bones. I'm trying to be suppressed, but there's so much in there that it can't not come out. It's powerful. So he says, This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will have make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, we want to do something, we want to fix something. So the first place we go to is you find it, is a, it's got to be a YouTube video that shows me how to do this. Uh-huh. Come on. And, and you know, don't you just love YouTube videos? You can pretty much find one for anything. Yeah. But you see, so we, 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 we go somewhere. We need to know. We need to know the Word of God, and you know, maybe it's not a YouTube video, but it's the Word of God. It'll get you out. Feel anxious about something, you know? Feel challenged. Oh, I'm just a word of this. God has not given me a spirit of fear. That didn't come from Him. Let us draw on what has come from him. For God has given me a spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. Of course, you wouldn't know anybody that doesn't have a sound mind, would you? But I tell you, there's a, there's a world of people that for whatever reason, aren't living their life from a sound mind. You have the mind of Christ. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And Paul is talking to Timothy there about, you know, drawing on resources of the word of God, which he has and what has been put in him. So when you meditate in his word, it changes the way you think. So in turn, it changes the outcome of your life. When we change the way we think, it changes the outcome of our life. You know, we get it through, the th- we change our thinking and set it in the word of God. As always, I already mentioned David there, but when you strength, when, when, you, when your mind is set on your position, it determines where you strengthen yourself. When your mind is set on your position, it will determine where you strengthen yourself, where you draw your strength from. So when when my mind is set on the things of the kingdom of God, and I want to draw some strength, like David wanted to strengthen himself and his God, I get it. There's certain things I will do. There's certain things we can do that will strengthen our position, 
strength, strengthen, strengthen ourselves because of where our mind is set. So I go to the Word of God. I go to somebody who's going to give me wise biblical counsel. You know, last week we looked at David and how David was able to take on Goliath because his mind was set on his position, on who he was. He had to take down Goliath. There was, there was no yes or no. It was just a yes and amen. Because he was living with a promise. Goliath had no covenant. But David did. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? He's got no covenant, no relationship, no promise. You come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God, the host of the armies of Israel. I come to you with a promise. I come to you with a mind set on who I am and my position. And whatever you throw at me, I'm coming to you with who I am and where I'm positioned. And, of course, we know he's able to take out the enemy. So he comes with a promise. And so our mind has got to be set. When, we, when our mind is set, it, will, it, it won't go here, there, and everywhere. It won't be, it won't, it won't be moved by every wind of doctrine. I tell you, we, we live in a day, like I believe never before, when there are so many, 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 many winds of doctrine flowing around that will try and get you off course in your walk with God and get your mind on all sorts of things and feelings and all sorts of stuff, and it'll seem half right and some right and some wrong and all over the place, where there are winds of doctrine, when your mind is set on who you are and whose you are, you know, it, 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 it relieves you of all the pressure, all the stuff that comes at you, all the stuff that takes you all over the place. You hear what I'm saying? The Bible speaks about it. People will go around and try and get you to this, believe this and believe that. And, and people do, because their minds aren't set. You know, it's true. I believe, you know, a couple of years ago when COVID kicked in and that sort of stuff, the whole, there's this whole wind of doctrine got float, was blowing around through the, the internet. Hello? Social media, where there, was, where there was this lack of opportunity to come together like this. Hello? We couldn't do it. We could do it online, and online's okay, and online's good. How many of you, how many of you are aware that when the online thing started, you know, there were scores of people turning up on to go going to church online. One of the good things was people started going to church who hadn't been to church online, and then when church is open, they started coming into church. But then there's other people who were in church that started going to church online. And when it got easier to stay home and be online and find something else to wind to blow through their little ear where, ears and, you know, through the, you know, they, they never came back. Uh, you know, where's the mindset? Where is it? Where's the mindset? Where is it set? You know what I'm saying? So, so when, when your mind isn't set or anchored, it can drift away. When something isn't anchored, 
it will drift. I like going out in the harbour, back of the harbour there, where the, in Hamworthy, where the, there's all those boats that are out there, just harboured around, they're all anchored there. And if I go out there in amongst them with my kayak, you know, whichever, the, whichever way the current is going, you know, you dr- and you'd stop paddling, you drift. You hear what I'm saying? See, when you're, when you're not set and when your mind isn't set, it will drift. Haven't you ever heard of wandering thoughts? <laughs> it's a, your thoughts just wandering. You know, you can, you can think about so many different things, even in church, can you? You know, you're, you're all listening to me, but your thoughts are everywhere. There's people thinking about the dinner of the day. There's thinking, people thinking about the, something they've got to do for work. There's thinking some dead, deadline they've got to get into. You can just think and you can still be focused. I'm not, getting, don't, I'm not beating you up this morning. You know, you, you're watching at home, but you're thinking about your, you can get up out of your chair and go and put the kettle on, and then you can do something else. No, I forgot that, so I'm just going, oh, I'll catch up later, you know. You, hear, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not beating you up at all, but, you know, we can think about so many different things, and our thoughts can wander. And they can drift. They can drift. Hebrews chapter, let's get back in Hebrews chapter. Now I've mentioned Hebrews chapter 2, you know I'm coming to the end because I said I was going to do this at the end. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, copy and paste this, so I've got to read it. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. Or we must set our mind. Therefore, in these days, Paul is talking to church. Well, we don't believe it was Paul, do we? We're writing Hebrews. It could have been somebody else. We're not 100% sure on that. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. Earnest heed is, is, is a setting. If you like, it's a deliberate. We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. We, we just... You know, our thoughts wander, our thoughts. You know, you may not know anybody who's, but there are some people who drift away from the kingdom, things of the kingdom of God. You know, you just drift away. You just slowly, it's not something you purposefully do. It's not you're doing it on purpose, but suddenly you find yourself, you know, if I get out in the harbor and I stop paddling and the current's going particularly well, I suddenly find, man, where's Brent's Island gone? <laughs> Hello, France. You know, you, 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 and those, but those boats that are out there in the harbor, they're anchors. So they're, they're still there today. They're anchored. Therefore, we must give them more earnest heed, and we must more set our mind to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Let's never forget our salvation and what that has done for us and how that has positioned us. Which at the first began, being, began to be spoken by the Lord and as confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs, wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Come on, we need to be experiencing and living with the supernatural. 
living with things that are you know, outside of our control. And those things, so I, I think sometimes we can get so far away we forget. The church can get so far away, can drift so far away because if we, we forget where we're set and we, 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 we allow our thinking to be influenced that we miss out on so much of what God has for us. How many of you believe we live in the day when God can still perform miracles? How many of you believe we still live in the day when God is able to do what he says he can do? And this all comes about because of our salvation, because of where we are, where we're positioned in him. So our church, I want to, say, I want to encourage you to keep your mind set on your position. Keep, keep, keep your mind set on who you are and what your salvation has done for you. Keep your mind set on those things. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. I sometimes think back about things that, that we've seen in our life. We've been around a few years now, and we've seen things take place in our lives, and we've experienced stuff. We've experienced great moves of God, powerful times. I was just texting somebody this morning before I came to church about a things that place where we were influenced just many quite a long time ago before we planted the church. And he said, Yes, me too. That place that that time had such an influence on the nation and stuff that was going on and changed our lives and I guess changed his life. But sometimes those things which you experience, those outpourings of the Holy Spirit, you can sometimes, in your thinking, drift away from them. Therefore, we must give them more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away from it. If the word being word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first time began to be, 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 began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with the various miracles, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own, own will. You know, talking about the day of Pentecost, we still live in the day of Pentecost. But sometimes our minds aren't set there. Our minds aren't set there. I want to encourage you this day, I want to encourage you this morning to be a person, be one of those who sets your mind on those things which are above. So don't set your mind on things of this earth. So the, the things of this earth have, have got great, you know, our attention is drawn. Just this last week, our attention, and this last, last couple of weeks, I guess, I guess our attention is being drawn, you know, to, to the things that are taking place in our nation. And... But let's maintain, you know, don't, don't allow yourself to drift. Anybody, has anybody here ever been in a situation where you've experienced a great move of God and then, you know, like us, you know, you suddenly you think, well, we seem to have drifted away from that. 
That's only a few of you, but that's enough. <laughs> the rest of you lie. You know. <laughs> you know, we don't mind. The Bible says don't lie somewhere, doesn't it? You know, you know we just pray your forgiveness afterwards and get saved later on. <laughs> but it's not difficult to drift away. We sing songs about on solid rock. He is our rock. He is our, Jesus Christ, our rock. Rock of revelation that Peter received and spoke of to Jesus in Matthew 18, 16, 18, is it 18, 16? You are Peter, and on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth, be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind, is all that. You know, it's, it's. Let's not drift away. We were just talking yesterday about churches past. Something, something happens. It's almost like it's been a drifting away. God, is, God was doing something so powerful and something so significant and for whatever reason there's like a drifting away and they don't have, it's not like they don't have the edge now. God wants the body of Christ to have the edge. He wants you as individuals to have the edge. Amen. To have the edge. That when you open your mouth, something happens, something changes. When you open your mouth, it's like attention is, whoa, what, where in the world did that come? Because it didn't come from, 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 from who you are naturally. It came from who you are in Christ. Well, that's not the sort of person I am. Well, let it become the person you are because you can't, I, you, you, don't, don't downplay Jesus. <laughs> Let's not insult the finished work of the cross. Because you say, well, that's not the sort of person I am. Yes, it is the sort of person you are because that same, that same blood which was shed on Calvary is still flowing today. And that is what we remember when we take communion. Yes, it is. That is who you are, a child of God. Yes, that is who you are, born again of the Spirit of God. Now, yes, that is who you are, one who receives salvation and walked away from a past life and now living a new life. I want to ask you the question this morning. If you're prepared, if, it's got, if there's an area of your life where you need to reset, let's just stand on our feet, shall we? So we talked about, people talked about resetting after COVID deal and all that sort of thing. This is a little bit different. This is resetting our mind. Re, just, just focusing ourselves and saying, yes, I'm gonna, there's an area of my life I just need to reset on who I am in Christ. Now, sometimes we have a lot of areas that, are that we've reset on who we are in Christ, but some areas in our lives which just, you know, they, 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 they just go back to who we used to be. If you're here this morning, you say, I want to reset.